Welcome to Crips and Crime Storytime. My name is Charlie. My name is Sophie. And we're back again with another case for you. Um, don't really have any announcements. We never do because nothing's going on except thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode again. Yes, welcome back. We'll get right into it. So unless there's anything you want to mention. No, I'm good. Let's You're good? Okay, right. So we are staying across the pond this week, but Ooh. this time we're heading a little west, west. to Arizona. specifically we're going to phoenix arizona which is according to james and jimmy from small town murder extremely Mm. fucking hot oh wow it's like fucking sexy hot or like no like i'm dying it's too Ah, hot okay so hot climate okay yeah terrible i would hate it (laughs) specifically we're going to phoenix arizona on the 7th of august 1955 when a little girl was born to a couple called wesley linden and willardine frederickson the couple had got married only the year before, in April 1954. Oh, no. What happened to them? So they, they definitely... No, 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 no. They no. just they got just, married. They, they got married. They got really busy on the honeymoon. And then mm-hmm. they had a kid, like, the following year. Wow, that's... So Wesley spent his life working for the United States Postal Service, and it was something that he was really proud of. Ooh. Oh, no, wait. What? No post bombs. No post bombs. No. Good. He eventually became... So I can tell that you're trying to figure this out I'm just worried. Like, what's going to happen to these lovely people that have just had a child? So, this is fine. No, it's so, not. <laughs> so he eventually became postmaster of Springfield, Oregon. Oh, that's cool. And I've also found a couple of sources that said he served in the United States military. Ooh. Was he a postman there too? I don't know. I've not been able to find much about his mm. military career, just that he served. Oh, that's um, but He's I don't really mystery. know anything else about that. Most mm. of what I've been able to find about his job history has been with the Postal Service. That's so the pair had five <laughs> children. Their eldest daughter, oh. Elizabeth, was followed by John. Then they had Catherine, James, and then Paul. Okay. Not only did they have their eldest child basically immediately after getting married, mm. they were barely adults themselves. So Wesley and Willardine were in their very early 20s when they started having children, and they raised their family with their own Baptist views. Oh, wow. They were quite strict, Mm -hmm. and apparently they didn't have any problem being fairly disciplinarian either. Oh, no. They were wary of their children wearing the hip new clothes of the time, (laughs) or engaging in trends. Because think about it, they had their eldest daughter in 1955. 55. So by the time she was, like, starting to get to the age where you're, like, maybe seven, eight years old and you're forming opinions, it was, like, the Mm. 60s. Oh, yes. So... After all, like I just said, at this point it was the 60s. There are probably drugs and flares everywhere you looked. Yeah, definitely. Elizabeth felt a bit uncool mm-hmm. because she was like with her Baptist parents and they were squares. Ah, yes. And she's a baby square. She's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> she's a baby square, definitely. We're and then, but she square. rebelled a little bit. Mm-hmm. So when she was 14, she dropped her first name. Ooh. And wanted all her friends to call her by a middle name, which is Diane. Oh, that's cool. So she was like, I'm going to drop my uncle Elizabeth and I'm yeah. going to be Diane. So now that's I am awesome. Diane Fredrickson. Go Diane. Yeah. So she saved up her pocket money to buy cool clothes yeah. and she started to flirt with boys. Ooh, fun. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she hated looking after her younger siblings. <laughs> so they <laughs> always used to be like, you're going to babysit. And she was like, fuck. You've got a little gaggle of square children around yeah, you. So trying she, to be cool in your so, yeah, so she was the baby guy. square. She tried to be like, not square yeah by saving up her pocket money to buy flares and Mm. then they were like you have to take care of all the baby squares and she was like no no absolutely not i'm diane now yeah i have no squares exactly so um her parents wanted her to babysit them all the time because let's be honest that's what the older child does yeah speaking from experience that's what you have to do when you're the eldest yeah i did it all the time with you You and it's absolutely fine i didn't hate it i I liked it look how it turned out is it fine (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, 
been hosting a podcast together now, so it could be worse. But pretty loopy. Yeah. But the thing is, Diane fucking hated it. Oh. She God. really hated Was it. Was she mean? I don't know. Probably. Mm. I'm going to say probably. Okay. But I do know that even as an adult, she yeah. has said about how she was disappointed that she wasn't allowed to punish her siblings for things. <laughs> oh my God. So when they were assholes, so when she thought oh, that they were what? misbehaving, she wasn't allowed to punish them, even though she wasn't that much older than them. Yeah. The thing is, if you're looking after and they're being disobedient, you, how are you going to correct it if you can't punish it? The, I don't think... So... That's annoying. If someone's not doing something right, you can explain that it's not right, but punishment is like punishment. Yeah, you know but what I mean? did she feel it was necessary for punishment to be in place? I think she just wanted to. Right, okay. I think she just wanted to be in control. That's And she I wanted mean. to be like, I'm yeah. the boss. You are the square. You're the square, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when she was at the Moon Valley High School in Phoenix, she fell in love. Oh. Hard. As they do. Yeah, there was a fellow teen called Stephen. Oh, Stephen. And he caught her oh. eye. And she his. And the two were an immediate <laughs> item. They were like immediately like... Bloop. They went everywhere together. And it seemed very much like one of those young love stories. Oh, okay. Were they like that couple in the school? They were like that think? couple in the school, basically, oh. yeah. I don't know okay. how like popular they were, but I do know that they were just like obsessed with each other. Wow. So they went everywhere together. And it seems very much like one of those love stories. I think I just read that sentence twice. Who knows? Who cares? Graduation <laughs> came, however, and the two will be thrust apart by fate as quickly as they met. No. Elizabeth, still using the name Diane, went to Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College. Yay. which is a mouthful and that, but fun. that's all the way in california oh yeah so that's further west yes okay. and he went to the navy oh that's like in that's the like the sea yeah so, <laughs> so she went further out west and he went into the sea so they kept their relationship going however and they wrote to one another frequently oh. it sounds like a love story but diane was cheating on him left and right <sighs> um yeah that's she was unfaithful frequently Oops. She was enjoying the California lifestyles hard. So hard, in fact, that the Baptist Bible College was not ready for the partying she was doing. And she actually got kicked out of school for causing too much trouble. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, she was kicked out of Bible Bible school. That's really funny. She moved back in with her parents. And once Steve returned from the Navy, the two got engaged immediately. Ooh, fun. So So they got married in 1973. And Diane took Stephen's last name, which was Downs. So Diana Downs now. Diane Downs. Dee Dee. Yeah. Almost Diane was Dee-Dee. only 17 when they got married. No. Yeah. Too bit hasty. No. Yeah. That's too soon. Has the penny Not. dropped yet? Uh, no. Oh, wow. Okay, so I've refused, to, tell, so. I've refused to tell no. Sophie what this case is. I mean, I don't know why, but I keep thinking it's 79. No. I'm just getting like... No. So I've refused to tell Sophie what this case is. And she was like, oh, tell me what it is. And I said, no, because I'm trying to tell the story in such a way that at some point the penny will drop and you'll realize what this is because this is a case that she's familiar with. So we've got Diane Downs and... Yeah, I fully thought that when she got married and changed her name, you'd be like, oh my God, it's her. And you haven't realized. Nope. Wow. Okay. So I can't tell if she's a victim. Maybe or a you culprit. don't know this case. <laughs> maybe I like don't. I thought you did. No, thing, but I, I know you know, know a bit about it because I feel like I know bits of every case. I just can't piece. It yeah, through. I thought you knew more <laughs> than I'm letting what on you so seem to. Right. Well. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we're going on a journey. Then we're going on a journey. I am. So yeah. <laughs> married life was harder than the parent anticipated. Mm-hmm. Diane still some bad habits and was unfaithful frequently. And it turns out that now he was grown up and out of high school. Steve wasn't as carefree and affectionate as he'd been as a responsibility-free teenager. Oh no. Okay. 
So now they had to pay bills and work at their own relationship. Mm. Life was more challenging. Mm -hmm. Diane felt like Steve's straight-laced, rule-following expectations reminded her too much of her own Baptist parents, and she wanted to break free once again. The thing is, the whole Bible college thing is striking familiar to me. What do you mean? Well, that she went to Bible college. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's not, like, the highlight of the case. That's not one of those things that's, like, well-known. I know, but it's just so neat. Well, now I've told you that you should be familiar with it. I think you're going to be looking for things instead of listening to me. Rude. (laughs) Maybe I am You're going to be doing this in your brain that I can't tell. (laughs) I can tell that you're not listening and you're thinking about Bible college. I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking troll. So, as I was saying... She would on and off stay with her parents and then move back in with Steve. So mm-hmm. she'd move in with them, then move in with Steve, then That's move fun. in with them, and then move in with Steve. Until eventually, she got pregnant. Oh, no. So Steve and Diane had their first child, Christy Ann, in October 1974. Yeah. Diane later revealed how she loved being pregnant. She oh, fucking hold loved... Is the penny dropped? Kind of. It's a bit stuck. It's sideways. Okay, so the penny's sideways and it's got wedged in there, but it's kind of fallen a bit. He's done a couple spins. Okay, okay, we'll see. We'll see. Don't say anything, but we'll see. Just because it's a So she felt for the first time as though there was a person, there was a love that was completely dependent on her. Mm -hmm. She was completely in charge of it. And that love belonged to her. The thing is, Steve wasn't thrilled with the pregnancy. He didn't realize that she wanted to be a mother so quickly. Getting pregnant was something that they hadn't discussed, Mm -hmm. but Diane was actively trying to do. That's that's really sneaky. I don't quite agree with that. So so she was timing when they would have sex with when she was the most fertile. Without telling without him, telling him without having okay. the discussion. No, so in a much later interview with Inside Edition in 1989, she said, quote, no. I got pregnant when I wasn't allowed to. I'm not going to say he forbade me to get pregnant, but I didn't consult him. I wanted to have children, so I got pregnant without asking permission, end quote. Yeah, what she did say was enough. I didn't consult him. Yeah. That, that's, there you go. There's so many things to unpack here. So they've only been married for a few months by the time Diane tried and successfully conceived. Mm-hmm. How can you be sure that this is the person you want to share a child with? Yeah, if you've only been married a few months. And push it out, it's there. It's there. It's so secondly, pregnant. how can you make that decision by yourself? Mm-hmm. It's not as if they accidentally got pregnant and decided to keep it, which happens all the time and is fine. If it's yeah. an accident for two people and then they decide what to do with it, yeah. that's a mutual decision. But they're having decision. that conversation. Yeah. Um, but she electively, consciously chose to make this man a father without his consent. Shaking and to me, this is not a permission issue about her having permission to have a child. Yeah. She made a decision for him that he was going to be a dad and went to lengths to ensure it happened. Exactly. And yeah. I think that is massively fucked up. It's very fucked up. So the rush of power and the attention lavished on her that she felt when she was pregnant yeah. didn't last for long. Obviously, only lasts for nine months. And then baby's out. And then who's getting all the attention? The baby. The fucking baby. baby. So once Christiane was born, she was expected to take care of the baby as well as sort things around the house and work her part-time job. Mm. So after having the baby, she got part-time work at a charity shop or thrift store for our American listeners nearby to where she and Steve lived. She didn't fucking like it. She wanted something bigger. She wanted attention again, and she wanted the feeling of ownership and control. So mm. all that love, just for her. Yeah. It didn't take long for the couple to become pregnant again. 
only a year and four months after their first daughter, Diane and Steve had another. Cheryl Lynn was born in January 1976. Perhaps this child would fill the void for attention and devotion that she craved. Mm, these names are familiar, but I can't mm, piece it together. But you can't piece it together. Mm, no. We're going to see how this goes. You're going to get it. She's either the baby snatcher or the one that ends up faking pregnancies. I can't remember which. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. We'll see. We'll see. Because <laughs> people do this. People fucking it's do it. It's fuck. It's that horrifying. I can't differentiate them. We'll see. We'll Sydney. get there. So... The marriage was very up and down, which I'm sure doesn't fucking surprise you. If she's going around having kids to, like, (laughs) trap her husband and feel, just get the attention attention from being pregnant, I'm sure it doesn't surprise you to learn that their marriage was not great. No. So even after Cheryl Lynn was born, Diane continued to run away, moving in with her parents and then coming back to Steve and their daughters. So she would be like, I'm going away for attention. Obviously, she just wanted the attention. Um, This happened for basically the rest of 1976 and for most of 1977. So she always wanted to come back to Steve. And when she did, she would beg him to have another baby. And he was like, no. Yeah, good. I'm glad he said no. Yeah, he was like, I don't want another baby. And then she'd be like, fine, I'm going to my parents. And then she'd run away to her parents. (laughs) And then she'd come back and be like, Steve, give me a baby. And he'd be like, no. Yeah. And then it would just happen. Give you and it happened for two years, 1976 Come on. and 77. Come on, Steve, you can do it. So Steve decided at this point he didn't want any more fucking kids. He was Good done. Thing. And he was going to have a vasectomy. He was Ooh, like, wow. just snip it. Just yeah. snip that thing. Not even tied up in a little bow. Snip. Maybe. I don't really know. But anyway... I don't know how much of Diane's opinion on more children went into this decision because she seemed to really love being fucking pregnant. Like, really. Yeah. So, despite the successful vasectomy, Diane got pregnant for a third time. With him? She... This is the thing. She insists... This is the thing. She insists that it was Steve's baby. So, either the vasectomy was not as successful as they thought Mm. or she's lying. I think she's lying. She is... A fucking pathological. Uh, this is the thing. She's a pathological she's liar. She's already and this... willing to make a spectacle of herself and clearly deceive people, probably on a day to day basis. Yeah, well, like I when he was in the her. Navy, she was being unfaithful all the time. She yeah. was cheating on him all the time, which shows that she, she can lie a lot. Yeah. Um, she she lied about. Obviously, she was lying when she was trying to get herself pregnant by mm. telling him, like, oh, yeah, we're just having fun sex, but really she yeah. wanted to have a baby. I'm not very fertile, I am, really. You know. Exactly. So, mm. so yeah, we'll see as the story unfolds that Diane does lie rather compulsively, and she has a history of being unfaithful, so there is a big chance that this was someone else's baby. Okay. Steve and Diane decided not to keep the baby and terminated the pregnancy. Okay. We do know that the couple had been under some financial strain, so it could be that they didn't think they could afford a third child. Babies are expensive. They fucking are expensive. They are a constant drain in one's account. And life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps maybe they just didn't feel like having another one. That's I lean towards like a th- yeah, I lean towards a third option. Yeah. Diane wanted another child, but Steve didn't. Mm. True. We already know that he did not agree to the first two pregnancies, yeah. so it's not hard to believe that he put his foot down and told Diane he didn't want to be a father again. Good. The vasectomy is proof that he didn't want any more children. Yeah. He also spoke to Inside Edition in 1989 and revealed that Diane was not the best mother in the world. He said that she treated the children, quote, like crap. Oh, end no. quote. Okay, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. It's definitely so not someone this you is the thing. It's not as if she's desperate to have children because she wants to be a mother and to love them. Mm. She wanted the attention of being pregnant, but then when the kids were there, she treated them like shit. <laughs> so embarrassing. It's and fucking awful. How dare she? I know. Some people cannot get pregnant at all. Yeah. Some people just they they. Some wish people for that want luxury. it so bad, and some people yeah. and pray for try, it every night and, and they, they try. try. For years. 
and, and they, they just it. can't do it. And she just exploited it for attention. Massively. How yeah. dare she? This is, I must admit, that that you just discussed is yeah. one of the reasons why this woman is so fucking hated. Oh, Like, wow. you really touched on, we're going to go deeper into that later yeah. on, but that's something that people hate her for. And when I say mm. hate her, I mean yeah. hate her. Ooh, like, we'll see. Like Casey Anthony level hate. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We are, <laughs> I'll get the stakes off. <laughs> get the stakes. We are going there. Start, like, lighting I'll the fire. I'll the we end are... of my picket sign. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. So it's a billing stake. Yeah, there's, yes. that's a multi-purpose picket sign. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can protest <laughs> and stab with it. Yes. So in 1978, yeah. the family moved back to Arizona, and this time they settled in Mesa. Both Diane and Steve started working at the same company, which manufactured mobile homes or oh, trailers. Yeah. Diane's proclivity for extramarital... Uh, uh, my fucking God. <laughs> I'm going to start that again. Diane's proclivity for extramarital relationships continued at her new job, oh, even no. though her husband worked there too. They, they so they both work like in the trailer homes they built? Maybe? That's so gross. they both worked in the same place. And even though her husband is also her colleague and therefore knows yeah. all the other colleagues, she was still fucking oh, other guys that worked there. That's cringy. That's gross. That's, that's really creepy. That's a flimsy marriage you've got there, Steve. Yeah. So one of these affairs... So she had affairs with several colleagues, not just one. And one of these affairs resulted in her being pregnant for a fourth time. Steve so knew shameless. this time for sure that he wasn't the dad. Yeah, he was definitely. like, "I'm definitely." This has been sure. a decent time out of yeah. to me. There's yeah. no excuse. But actually, the child was one of her colleague's children, and mm. that's 19-year-old Russ Phillips. Oh, so he lived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Russ Phillips lived good. and is fine. Yeah. Um, He's okay. What? No, no, no. So let me. So the dad of the child is a 19-year-old. That worked at the trailer. Oh, I thought you meant the child then is now nineteen years old. But no, because if he was born in nineteen seventy, the person she made the baby with is nineteen at the time. Yes. Yeah. Go away, Diane. Yeah. So go away. Yeah. So too fixated with children. Come on. Oh my god. Stop it. Yeah, she wants kids. She's fucking kids. So. Yeah. So this this poor young boy who's barely even a man himself is Russ Phillips, and. The thing is, Steve accepted the baby as his son anyway. Wow. So so much so that the baby was a boy and named after Stephen. So the child was called Stephen Daniel Downs. So this baby would most commonly be known as Danny as he was growing up. The thing is, the relationship between Diane and Stephen was pretty fucked at this point, which I'm sure (laughs) doesn't need explaining anymore. It wasn't healthy to begin with. The pair didn't communicate properly. Diane couldn't stop making decisions that were purely made for herself. Mm -hmm. If she wanted something, she didn't give a shit about anyone else. She just went out and got what she wanted. Mm -hmm. So as someone who is married, I can say Mm -hmm. that something I've discovered is that a successful relationship is one where you compromise. There's a lot of times when both of you want something different and you have to meet in the middle. You both have to make little sacrifices and give something up. But if you both do it, then you both get something you want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. That's really important. Mm -hmm. So meet in the middle and things. Sometimes you need to give away a little bit, but then your partner does the same for you. And it's respected on both sides. It's respected on both sides. It's something that everyone kind of does. And then everything works out. Mm -hmm. Diane didn't want anything to do with this. It was all about her wants and yeah. her needs and that was it mm-hmm. so a year after Danny was born the Downs marriage crumbled officially Ooh. the two got a divorce in 1980 she still had a string of relationships but she wanted to try and get back with Steve Fuck. no no. I'm not <laughs> slut shaming here no. I'm very sex positive myself personally mm-hmm. and I believe that people should be able to live how they want to live yeah sure. fully believe that yeah. however 
She wasn't making choices based on what other people around her were consenting to. I'm sure the man at her workplace that fathered Danny didn't consent to having a child. She, however, wanted to be pregnant again. So she found an unwitting man to make it happen for her without telling him that that was the goal. Mm -hmm. It did, however, result in um, basically the kid, Russ Phillips, like that was basically a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, He allowed her to move in with him after she left Steve. And the children, so the three kids, Christy, Cheryl, Anne, and Danny, would rotate between staying with Diane and Russ, then Steve, and then her mum and dad. Wow. So they That's would kind of flip between those three homes, and that was how they lived. That's okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if Diane was struggling financially before, she was really on the fucking struggle bus now. Mm-hmm. So it was hard for her to find full-time work and support three children, so she looked into surrogacy. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's At the time, thing. there were not a lot of official surrogate mothers out there. It's something that I think happens a bit under the table. Mm, but in terms yeah. of getting paid properly, legally, etc., there were only a few women doing it for a living in the United States. Mm, the application process is quite rigorous and you have to make sure that you're physically fit enough to carry a child's term and mentally sound enough to go through the pregnancy process knowing that you're going to be surrendering the baby. Mm, that's a key point here. That's I a key point. I on a yeah. load of red flags. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So... To do it, like, not officially, it's yeah. probably much, much easier. Oh, yeah. But, like, to legally be, like, in, in America, you can legally be a surrogate mother and there's, like, a program for it and it's, like, a real thing. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I think there were only, like, 10 or something wow. in the whole country. It was really difficult to do because um, you had to pass a load of tests and shit. Yeah. Um, you got to make sure that the baby... Yeah, but this is something that she wanted to do because she needed the money and she was obsessed with being pregnant so this so is something weird. that she wanted so she yeah. applied twice to become a surrogate mother but both times she failed mm, okay. interestingly the physical tests were fine yeah she was perfectly healthy enough to complete the surrogacy process physically yes but <laughs> she did more. however <laughs> fail the psychiatric examinations i know <laughs> <laughs> you're like because i can tell <laughs> Both times, the tests found her intelligent enough to understand the process, yeah. but each test found signs of psychosis. Can you imagine being the person administering the test and just listening to her answers and being like, she's fucking nuts. She's fucking like, crazy. Like, a big no in So, this was enough of a basis to deny her applications. Yeah, yeah. I found some excerpts of the tests online. I actually Ooh. found some excerpts of the test, and they're published, because yeah. they were published in Anne Rule's book about the case called Small Sacrifices. Yeah. Super interesting. The report states, quote, Diane did not do well in areas where she had to demonstrate social cause and effect reasoning, attention span, and concept formation. These findings were consistent with, but not absolutely diagnostic of, a major psychopathy, end quote. You got me an attention span. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know what? Yes. (laughs) You know what? That's fair. No, but basically they found signs of Mm. being a psychopath. That's... So that's not it, though. More of the test goes on to say, quote, The couple's last child, reportedly, was the result of Ms. Downs picking five ugly younger men to seduce in order to have a child by one of them. What do you mean by ugly? Is it, like, at the time... I will explain in a second. I'm still reading the quote from this test. Ms. Downs' conversation was effusive, immature, and frequently self-disparaging. This individual has poor ability to express anger in a modulated fashion and tends to have poor behavioral controls. End quote. So okay. what that means is that for some reason Diane Downs admitted to these people that the last child she had, Danny, you know she had it with Russ Phillips at work. Yeah. So basically she admitted that she didn't fall in love with this 19-year-old kid. She mm-hmm. found five 
young horny guys yeah. who were physically unappealing who she thought were ugly because she thought <laughs> ugly guys will be easier to fuck oh because they'll be more desperate because yes. they can't get anyone yes because of so she yeah so but she specific exactly i know what? but she specifically sought out people oh she thought were God. ugly because she thought they'd be easier to sleep with that's so, so then she would oh, be able man. to get pregnant oh my god what the fuck yeah this but is she told that to someone of, conducting a psychology exam on her yes. so someone trying to determine <laughs> how mentally stable she is she's telling this to you like, think with this kind of like cunning she'd also be smart enough to think i should really keep this to myself yeah instead of bragging so there's about not a lot of self-awareness going yeah, on here yeah yeah there's not a lot of it, self-awareness it seems as though she thinks that she's so smart she could say anything mm-hmm. and people won't judge her because she's so clever and they'll follow her logic and she'll be that's right. the kind of yeah so none of this is good None of it. <laughs> no. But it is fascinating, particularly yeah. with the benefit of hindsight. So if you know this case already, mm. this stuff from the report is going to be like, fuck. Oh, okay. So obviously oh. you can't lock someone up minority report style before a crime's committed because you think it's likely. But yeah. knowing what we do now, it's like, holy shit. This oh. was like some fucking this, foreshadowing. This, it, now, there's a case with the whole surrogacy thing that stands out to me. I can't remember the name. It could well be her. But it's a lady that is, like, pretending to sell dogs on Facebook. Wait. And then she goes to the lady's house. She either has a dog with her or she doesn't. But she cuts that baby out of the lady. And she's like, this is mine. It's so messy. You know what? I actually looked into this. It's really mean. So this isn't that case. Yeah. This isn't her. Okay. But... I have done some research into baby snatching cases where women will kill other women and take the baby out of them. Yeah. Like like women will seek out pregnant women. Mm-hmm. It's a full on fucking it's scary. thing. It's, it's a, it terrifying. happens yeah. more than you think it does. Because yeah, exactly. I didn't realize that it was enough. I thought that it was a bit of an outlier. You know, every now and every few hundred Ooh, years someone no. will do this. And I did some <laughs> no, research but- into it for something else that I want to write about at some point. Yeah. And when I was looking into it, I was like... This happens all the time. <laughs> Why do we not talk then, about this? Earlier in the episode, I was like, there's so many cases. <laughs> yeah, but like, no one the kind of seems to talk about it. And it's no. like, we really should be discussing this more. It's Definitely. more of a problem than you think. Yeah. <laughs> However big of a problem you probably think it is, it's more than that. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's, but it's not it's that. Scary. Okay, so that's fine. So, following that somewhat in her father's footsteps, Diane decided to work for the US Postal Service because she couldn't hey. get paid to have oh. kids, so she thought, <laughs> I'll be a postman. So, she got a job there as a mail carrier in 1981. She's a, a baby carrier. <laughs> so, she threw herself into her job. And people at the time that knew her thought that she was really eager to be at work to have affairs. No, she's... Yeah, she's gonna... People thought... Try and so find because, baby makers. Yeah, exactly. So oh. because she was... Um, she got this job and she was like, I'm oh, going no. to work all the time. And everyone that knew her, like oh. Steve, her parents, her random other people, they were like, yeah, she's just going to work the fuck. Yeah, like, we know what you're really doing. You're not yeah. losing things. So especially as well, it was an escape from being with her kids. That's a point, yeah. She yeah, so she could go to work all the time so she didn't have to oh take God. care of the children she's that she tried so hard to have. <laughs> What a dick. So she wanted the adoration, but not the responsibility. Mm-hmm. If the children were staying with Steve or her parents, she was fucking fine. Yeah. However, if it was her turn to take care of them, she'd look for babysitters to take care of them while she literally did anything else. <sighs> Later on, when it would come to come to mind and be more relevant, one of the babysitters recalled an incident she remembered while looking after the three children for Diane. Mm. And this babysitter said, quote, 
Diane put everything before those kids. If Danny wanted attention, she'd push him away. But the worst thing was, one time, I caught Cheryl jumping on the bed, and I said that that was not allowed. Mm. I made her sit in a chair and think about it. So Cheryl sat quietly for a while, and then she looked up. Do you have a gun here? What the fuck? Of course not. Why? I want to shoot myself. My mum says I'm bad. End quote. Child shouldn't even know what a gun is. A child shouldn't even know what a gun is. Oh my god. So, just for context, Cheryl, the little girl, is about three years old. I was going to say, she she must be very young. She's three. Three. And she wants to shoot herself because her mum thinks that she's so bad. Yeah. She She jumps on a bed. Yeah, she's probably not even ever given I time. I still to will think jump like on a that. bed in a hotel because it's fun. Oh, same. And then I hear something go boom. Like most travel lodges in England will have one very broken bed by me just because I jumped on it. I see. Yes. So, <laughs> anyway, this wouldn't be the first time that Cheryl said she was afraid of her mother. And neighbours reported later on when it was Diane's turn to take care of the children that she didn't take care of them very well. Her third and final attempt at being a surrogate mother was actually successful towards the end of that year. And nine months later, in May 1982, she gave birth to a little girl. That's nice. She called the girl Jennifer, even Why though is she calling the exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so even <laughs> though, even though she knew she wasn't going to keep the child, yeah, and and even though she knew that the girl wouldn't be called Jennifer in the long run, she still called her Jennifer anyway. Oh, did she call Jennifer while it was in the room with her, or like once it was out? I think it was once. Once the baby came out and she said yeah. it was a girl, and the nurses were like, it's a girl. She was like, Jennifer. Yeah, and then okay. <laughs> the baby got taken away and she never saw her again. Oh, thank God the baby saved then. Yeah, baby's okay. fine. Okay, good. That's yeah. all. That's the closure I needed. So one of the reasons she spent so much time at work was because there was a particular colleague that she was rather enamored with, which like, I'm sure doesn't can smell your sperm and it's working. That's <laughs> Probably. What she did. Holy shit. That's what so she his did. name... Is a hell, he's got a doozy of a name. He's Robert Knickerbocker. Ooh. But a lot of people just call him Nick. That. Isn't that ice cream? A Knickerbocker glory is yeah. like a big Sunday. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. That's, but that's... so they just, so everyone just called him Nick because it was easier. Because <laughs> personally, enough. I like, I would like to shorten Robert Knickerbocker to like Robert Nickers. Bobby Nicky. <laughs> Bobby Nicky. <laughs> that's quite cool. And then buy him Sundays and go, <laughs> just point. So, that'd be well cute. The thing is, Robert Knickerbocker was already married. Uh-oh. Yeah. And Ooh. she was much more into him than he was to her. <laughs> so so old Bobby Nicky saw this relationship as a bit of fun on the side. Oh, so he's... He's kind of... Is a, she even pretty, though? Diane Downs? Yeah. I bet she's uh, not. We'll Google her later. I bet she's not. Look. Because some of these people look like absolute trash. I don't and think she's like, pretty. How did I you do don't this think she's hot. I don't think so. Is she a blob? Well, I'll I show you later. I bet she's I'll show you later. Fuck. She's those kind of people like the weirdest charms. She is, I think she's just Maybe very she that pregnant confident. Girl. Yeah, I think she's very confident. Really if she confident. wants sex and she's approaching random men constantly, mm-hmm. she's gonna get laid at some point. Yeah, and that's just I what she so. seemed to spend all her time doing. Which, like I said, I'm very sex positive. I'm not slut shaming. If people yeah, want to no. empower themselves and go out and get what they want, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the fact that she was like trying to trap men into being dads. That's what I have an issue with. Yeah, that's, and the lack of consent yeah. in being a parent. That's it's I hate that. Clear, I that's hate that. What the, uh, is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, Robert Knickerbocker was like, "Yeah, I'm having a bit of fun with this girl at work," okay. and she was like, "I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I love this man." Yeah. So. 
To her, it was much more intense. Mm -hmm. Reports from the time have suggested that Diane grew obsessive over him and tried to convince him to leave his wife. At this point, Nick ended the relationship because he had no fucking intention of leaving his wife. The relationship with Diane? Yes. He was like, I'm not going to leave my wife. No. Um, And then she moved back to Oregon after he dumped her. Is that where her parents are? Because uh, she does that every so. time she gets sad. Yeah, so she got dumped and then moved <laughs> back to Oregon. Okay. The thing is, someone like Diane wants her own way. Yeah. She couldn't understand that she was the problem and that Nick just didn't <laughs> want to be with her. Yeah. In her mind, something else had to be the problem. Oh, because there had she's not to be pregnant. another That's reason why he split up with her. Yeah. So in her mind, uh-huh. she came to the conclusion that oh, Nick had left her because he didn't want children and she had three. I hate this woman. No. If she didn't have any children tying her down, she would be free to pursue Nick. No. And he would want her just as much as she wanted him. Don't you dare say she harmed these children. I'm gonna kill. (laughs) Is she on death row? Is she dead? I'm not. We're gonna get. I'm gonna tell the story. Whoever's in a cell next to her, beat her ass. Okay, I'm. I don't know if they'll be able to listen to podcasts from jail. We'll smuggle something in. So just to take back. So Diane's life would change forever. I hate her. <laughs> Are you gonna let me tell this? No. <laughs> no, I am. I, I, there's an anger in me. I can see <laughs> you look real pissed. <laughs> so Diane's life would change forever on the 19th of May, 1983. She pulled up outside Mackenzie Willamette Hospital, where she staggered inside telling staff that she and her children had been the victims of an attempted carjacking and that all four of them had been shot. And this was true. Diane's three children and she herself were all shot. Was she shot in the leg? Daisy. <laughs> I don't know if you just heard my cat. Anyway, so Daisy clearly has some feelings about Diane Downs. She needs a two. That's I'm going to leave this in because it's cute. And valid. She's got valid cat opinions about Diane Downs. Anyway, I'm going to try and carry on. So she busted through the front doors of the hospital. The driver's side door of her red Nissan was hanging open dramatically where she waved over Dr. John Mackey, who was in charge that night. This is only really familiar. Is this where the penny's dropping? Yeah. And he ran over with nurses nearby to do what they could. It was clear to the doctors and nurses at the hospital that the situation was fucking dire. Mm-hmm. So the interior, in the interior of the car was soaked in blood and the three children looked so small and helpless amidst all the mess on the seats and windows. Yeah. The nurses that carried them inside were crying. Oh, Christy oh was in the front passenger seat and she was still alive despite her heart stopping, having a stroke and after losing an incredible amount of blood. Oh my God. That's, yeah. Does she survive or just survive for a bit? We will get to it. Okay, I'm holding out hope. Danny, her brother, lived as well, although he had been shot in the spine and was paralysed from the waist down. Oh my god. They were stable but unconscious. Okay. The middle child, Cheryl Ann, was already dead by the time they arrived at the hospital. And she was the one that had been telling the babysitter that she wanted to shoot herself because she was so afraid of her mom. All three children had been shot at close range. The police were called immediately. Good. Diane herself had also sustained a bullet wound, if you remember, but that one was nowhere near life-threatening. She'd been shot in the left forearm, the the bullet's path breaking the bone and exiting out of the other side. It was gruesome and, of course, incredibly painful, but Diane would live. (laughs) I know, right? Like, oh, that was so happy. In the heart. (laughs) (laughs) So despite the fact that her three children had all endured a much more vicious attack, Diane was the only person in the car who had received any kind of first aid. 
The mother of three had wrapped a neatly folded bandage around her own arm while leaving her three babies to bleed out from incredibly severe wounds in their tiny bodies. The disgustery of this woman. Yeah, I think, like, Sophie's laughing, but it's not because it's funny. It's because she literally can't believe what she's fucking hearing. This stupid bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes I try and rein you in a little bit, and I'm like, don't insult people too much, but no, she is a stupid bitch. Like, you're fully allowed to have (laughs) You do well at pulling my reins in, but I think it's Today, like... Okay to let them fly. Yeah, today, no. (laughs) So I don't have any children myself, and neither does Sophie. But from what I know about maternal instinct, which Mm -hmm. is a very real thing, it would be a parent's first impulse kind of like just like an instinctive impulse that you don't have any control over to take care of their children before they take care of themselves yeah you protect them yeah especially if their child was dying and the parent had what is essentially a flesh wound Mm -hmm. you would take care of the kid you You wouldn't you probably wouldn't even feel that you've been shot you wouldn't you wouldn't even register so diane was not only completely fine apart from a broken arm but she was also very talkative she (laughs) told the police nurses doctors and anyone who would listen Mm -hmm. that a quote bushy-haired stranger end quote had attempted to steal their car and in doing so unloaded a gun onto the innocent family out for a drive According to Diane, she visited a friend and on the way home decided to take the scenic route just for funsies. Mm-hmm. It was late at night and dark outside and they were in a quiet, empty place along a lonely stretch of highway when a totally random stranger waved down the car. Okay. Of course, yeah. Diane, feeling like nothing would be wrong in this scenario, mm-hmm. pulled up and offered to help the man, even going so far as to roll her window down. Why would you do that with kids in the car? Exactly. No. So to her utter shock no. and awe, the man poked a loaded gun through the window <clears> and threatened <throat> to shoot Diane if she didn't hand over her car keys. I do think Before she could answer him in protest the stranger Mm. fired the gun at her three children hitting all of them and spraying the interior of the car in their blood police at the hospital dispatched colleagues to the place that diane tearfully said the incident happened i say tearfully she wasn't really crying she was just kind of screwing her face up a bit and making sounds and the officers were all out looking for the attacker because they were like we need to go because these crimes do happen when crimes happen things happen and there's three fucking bleeding out kids in the hospital Mm -hmm. so they gotta sort the shit out so diane gave the police a description of the man saying not much beyond that he had bushy hair okay the police at the hospital realized that diane was fairly calm Mm-hmm. so calm in fact that she was able to take the police to the exact location where the attack happened oh. and it was just as desolate and barren as she had described okay. despite the fact that it was so dark diane was completely certain of the exact place that's a bit strange yes so at this point nobody had yet told her that cheryl Ann was dead okay. neither in fact had they told her that her other two children were still alive mm, so they good. hadn't said anything like about how they were doing mm-hmm. yeah. and she hadn't asked i was gonna say i bet she, hasn't she asked didn't once. fucking ask either she's like oh you want me to do this so and i can do this for you yeah. exactly she's loving that exactly she mm-hmm. is drinking in that attention like, so when diane and the officers returned to the hospital the decision was made to give her the news about her youngest daughter yeah. hospital staff remarked at the time that they were incredibly surprised at how well she'd taken the news they were preparing for her to become hysterical as Mm -hmm. unfortunately medical staff have to inform parents of their deceased children relatively frequently so it must be the hardest fucking job in the Mm -hmm. world to tell someone Mm -hmm. that someone they care about has died i am so glad that i don't have a job that involves having to do that because i couldn't do it i am not mentally strong enough to do that it would be horrific every time but these people have to do that so much mm-hmm. so they kind of even though people say everyone grieves differently i imagine in those scenarios you kind of know what to expect there's yeah. probably a few things that people tend to 
to do yeah, in that scenario there'll be like people because... will scream people will collapse people will just be really quiet and shocked and like mm-hmm. people will faint but like there's probably all kind of you know what's coming yeah but and you can this, really feel it in the room yeah but you know. this shocked them because mm. she just took it real well and she was like okay yeah it's kind of and like they were oh, like, yeah, late. yeah and, and they thinking. were like yeah there's something up with this mm-hmm. this wasn't what normally happens she seems to be okay with it so they didn't need to attend to her. She stayed calm throughout. No. Obviously, everyone deals with grief differently and she could have just been in shock. Yeah. But this did not appear to be the case. She was just really nonchalant. Like you said, oh, your order's late. Yeah. It was like that kind of, yeah. It seems very... And she just mm. accepted it without even... Wow. She was that like, okay. Yeah. Just, right, the thing didn't. is, when she was told that her son Danny was looking as though he might survive, she oh. reacted more to this. Mm. So she asked the staff if they were sure. She asked them. She said, quote, I've got a quote here that's fucking bonkers. She said, quote, do you mean the bullet missed his heart? Gee whiz, end quote. She's disappointed Gee because she's a cunt. whiz. She aimed for his fucking heart yeah. and she missed. And she, she was wants like, to know. Oh, did so I she... miss? Yeah, Exactly. <sighs> So after she was given an up-to-date prognosis on her children, the police took her to one side. The officers seeing to her, Mm -hmm. Dick Tracy and Doug Welch. I just love that there's an officer called Dick Tracy, by the way. I'm really really into that. So they both agreed in their notes that she was far too rational and stoic for a mother who had just witnessed all her children get shot. Yeah, exactly. Like we said earlier, grief and shock can can definitely be a huge factor in people's reactions to devastating Mm. news. But from the incidents that these guys had witnessed before, where parents find out a child is dead, this was too far from the norm not to raise some red Mm -hmm. flags. So the flags were were being raised. So wanting to keep Diane to themselves for a bit to get some information and to get a better read on her, they asked her for some more detailed breakdowns of the night's events. Yeah. So they were like, can you just go through it again yeah. for us? Can you just like tell us again yeah. what happened? So the story that Diane told the police expanded on the brief version she told earlier and it made her look even more bizarre than she was already making herself <laughs> out to be. I'm ready for this more bizarre story. So after she ate dinner with her children that night, she loaded mm. them up in the car and decided to drive out into the middle of the Arizonian wilderness. Sounds okay, legit. maybe not quite the middle of the desert, but somewhere fairly rural. Yeah. So a colleague of hers called Heather Plaud lived out in almost the middle of nowhere. Ooh. And, Diane explained, this woman was looking to buy a horse. What? Diane found <laughs> yep so Diane found an advertisement in the newspaper for a business that rented horses okay. and Diana decided that Heather had to know about this immediately Dad, you know, it couldn't wait until they saw each other at work nope. Diane wasn't Diane wasn't even besties with Heather no. to the point where they didn't even have each other's phone numbers no so okay. but Heather the non-bestie was worth driving out in the sticks with that evening with three young children for just to bring a newspaper advertisement about horse rentals that's some commitment to someone besides Obviously, it would be nice for the children to go out for a drive. In the night. Of course. (laughs) She's doing this for them. Yeah. It would be so good for them to look through the car windows and see nothing in the dark when they should be sleeping. Exactly. Like, probably silhouettes of cactus and trees. Like, that's doors for Basically, yeah. So, Diane said that she didn't stay with Heather for very long. So, like, what was the fucking point? Yeah. And she only had a brief talk with her and her husband before she decided to head off again. Mm -hmm. She told the police that the children enjoyed watching the moon in the dark. Right. This might not be a complete lie. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember be- being a child in the car with you. Yeah, it's fun. And as we drove home at night from places, especially if it was a long drive, we yeah. like find and the we moon just watch it. and we try to keep track of it behind the trees in the buildings. Yeah, we would, so like yeah. as we turn around corners and change direction, yeah. we look behind the buildings to try and spot the moon again. We would, and that was yeah. what we would do because like in the nineties, you didn't really have like it was too dark to read a book in the car. Yeah. 
Even with that the wasn't really... there was also a bookmark. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were cool. Anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, so there might be some kind of truth That's in that. Truth. Yeah. So it was just a silly thing that we did in the car as kids. And we weren't the only people I that would have done that. It's probably something she told them to do. Not necessarily. Guys, so what I think is, so most print. liars, when they tell lies compulsively, they have some kind of little truth sprinkled in there because it yeah. makes it easier to weave a fabrication if some of the elements are genuine. Mm-hmm. So I think this is one of those tiny little truths that she's just yeah. peppered into the story to make mm-hmm. it more believable. Mm-hmm. However, the three siblings couldn't enjoy watching the moon together for much longer. They were driving down a gravel road. That's how middle of nowhere this was. A gravel road. It wasn't even paved. When a man waving them down for assistance appeared through the dark. Feeling kind-hearted and trusting, Diane said that she pulled over the car and actually opened the driver's door and got out. She said that she got out of the car in the middle (laughs) of the night. In the what? middle of bumfuck nowhere with her three children in the company of a stranger. I just want to say, if this was in the day, I kind of had an absolute stretch rolling down the window to see what someone wants. But in the dark, that's so irresponsible. Yeah. If you're on your own, okay, that's one thing. But with three little ones? Yeah, no. No, it's a big no. It's a huge fucking no. No, 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 no. no. Here she gave a better description of the man than oh. saying he simply had bushy hair. She described him as, quote, mm. white in his late 20s, about 5 foot 9, 150 to 170 pounds, yeah. dark hair, a shag wavy cut, and a stubble of a beard. He wore a Levi jacket and an off-coloured t-shirt, end quote. He sounds handsome. He's maybe kind of hot. You Considering know. the... Tr- <laughs> Shame is not fucking real, Diane. So considering the trauma she'd just been through and seemingly nonchalant attitude about one of her children just being murdered, she gave a very dramatic play-by-play account of what happened next. Mm. So this next bit is the kind of thing that you might hear a director on the set of a film say about what he wants to see through his lens, all in slow motion. Oh, God. In real life, this sort of thing would happen in a matter of seconds, and it's unlikely that you would actually have the time to process and react to it in a way that Diane claims to please that she did. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So she gives a very detailed slow-mo account of what happens next. I'm not ready for the bullshit. You're not ready for the bullshit. So (laughs) it involved the stranger pulling out his gun and demanding the keys to her car. As soon as Diane said no, he aimed past her and began rapid firing into the car, striking each of her babies. He lunged for her, but she sidestepped him like Keanu Reeves dodging bullets (laughs) in the Matrix. And obviously, while all this was happening, she had time to think of her next move. Because this carjacker obviously has the IQ of a fairly easily amused Labrador, (laughs) she grabbed the keys and (laughs) pretended to throw them, and he was instantly distracted. Did you say that, or did she? No, I'm saying. Brilliant. I applaud. No, no, this description, it's like a... Okay. Thank you. I try, I try. I don't want to compliment her, so... No, no, sure. no, this was me. And the bit about Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Well, that was me, so. <laughs> the Matrix hadn't come out, though. So, honestly, it sounds a bit like she's doing slow-motion action scenes mixed with a bit of Scooby-Doo villain type thing. Yeah. So she pushed past the preoccupied criminal into the car, managing to slip by him while his attention was on the keys that what? didn't really get thrown but was still in her hand. Once the man realised he'd been bamboozled, he fired two <laughs> shots through the window. Oh One of the bullets hit Diane in the arm. She drove away into the night like a woman possessed and headed straight for the hospital, desperately wanting to save her babies. How much do you believe that story? Zero. <laughs> Zero. None. <laughs> so investigators no. at the scene estimated that the bullets used during the attack were from a 22 caliber and this Ooh. was either from a handgun or a rifle interestingly diane admitted that she had a 22 caliber rifle although she denied knowing exactly where it was so we're both. 
She said that she didn't have a weapon like that currently. She and Steve Downs owned one when they were married, but she didn't know where it was at the moment. Steve Downs and Nick, her post office lover, both told mm-hmm. police later that she definitely had the twenty-two, and that she also had taken it with her when she moved out from living with Steve. When mm-hmm. later interviewed by police, Steve also told them that she had a twenty-two caliber handgun in addition to the rifle. Kind of like what the baby asked for. Yeah, so this third gun was something that Diane never disclosed. And when the police asked her about it later, she flat out denied ever owning it. This twenty-two handgun has never been located and is suspected by basically everyone of being the gun. I want to talk now about blood spatter and GSR. So GSR, for those that might be new to the genre, stands for gunshot residue Mm -hmm. and refers to the microscopic particles ejected with a bullet out of a gun when it's fired. Mm -hmm. Tests for GSR can be done on a person who has recently fired a gun or an item which is close to a gun when it's gone off to determine whether or not these particles are present. Mm-hmm. Diane's hands and clothing were tested by officers on the night for GSR and also blood spatter, but nothing was conclusively determined. Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously, if you fire a gun four plus times in a confined space, you would expect to have GSR and blood spatter on you. Mm. And this is something that Diane's very few advocates have been very eager to shout about as loudly as they possibly can. Advocate? Like three. Oh, However, the fact that police did not locate any GSR doesn't mean that Diane didn't fire the gun. Mm-hmm. examining the inside of the car closely showed that all the blood patterns and spatter were in the passenger seats none of them were on the inside of the driver's door or the steering wheel wow. so she said that she was outside the car when he fired through the open door yeah. which meant that if nobody was in the driver's seat you'd think blood spatter would spatter yeah, everywhere because there's nothing, to there's nothing it. blocking it however mm-hmm. there was no blood spatter on the inside of the driver's side it was side. like a person shaped neatly I don't silhouette. think a neatly person shaped but there was, some, there was like a nothing <laughs> fucking there yeah yeah. So there's too much of a blank space. Exactly. So this shows um stuff. Hang on a sec. Uh yeah, there was none on the inside of the driver's door or the steering wheel. Okay. This shows that the driver's seat had someone or something sitting in it when the gun went off, blocking any blood from hitting that side of the car. Mm. Now this is interesting. So I was thinking about this. Yeah. With the blood not being on the steering wheel, police deduced that this meant Diane had not attempted to stem her blood flow impulsively after she was shot as there was no blood on her hand, which Mm -hmm. then transferred to the steering wheel. She was bandaged when she arrived at the hospital. Mm. Again, the only person with a bandage, meaning that she carefully and deliberately wrapped her wound without getting blood on her hands. Mm -hmm. This also means that she did not attempt to stem the blood flowing from her children's bodies. There was no blood on her hands. Because then blood would have been on her hands. Because if she'd she'd even attempted for a moment to stop the bleeding... It would have been all over, and then it would have been on the steering wheel. And that's also something that, was, that to steering be expected. wheel was fucking clean. That's not good for her. No, it's fucking not. Mm-hmm. So now Diana told the police a convoluted and scripted story. She was allowed to visit her children. She wasn't massively fussed about checking in on them, however, and was instead more preoccupied with calling her boyfriend, the man who had dumped her for being too obsessive, Robert Knickerbocker. she wanted to tell him all about the attempt on her life and how lucky she was to escape death on that quiet country road in the dark it was a bit quick to like impress him with this yeah so in addition to this she also made yet more bizarre remarks to hospital staff telling nurses that the evening had quote spoiled my vacation end quote (laughs) she lamented loudly for anyone to hear that her new car was ruined because it had blood all over the back seats oh my god did anyone tell her to shut up so yeah it did have blood her children's blood yeah all over the back seats Mm -hmm. but that's ruined her car that's so sad for her yeah so she was more concerned about her car's upholstery than her children bleeding out bitch 
She also at one point asked one of the nurses, Rose Martin, how the children were doing. Rose said that the doctors were working on them and Diane fucking laughed. She wow. laughed in this nurse's face what? and said, quote, only the best for my kids. Well, I've got good insurance, end quote. <laughs> I bet she's like deep down, like pissed. That they're still alive. Like, why aren't they dying? Yeah. They better die. So detectives on the scene were making notes on all of this fucking weirdness and were boxing up later like a delicious leftover Tupperware of guilt. They let her carry on as normal for four (laughs) days, soaking up the attention that she was getting from being the victim of such a violent and horrific attack. Mm, She showed off the cast on her arm at every chance she got and she jumped at the chance to be part of the police reenactment. Wow. So there were going to be cameras there. So everyone could see what a victim she was and she was hyped about this. Did she get everyone to sign a cast on her arm? That would be hilarious. It would be. But I don't think Especially so. Especially if someone wrote dickhead on it. So I've seen... <laughs> dickhead. With an arrow pointer. <laughs> so I've seen this video. I'll put a link to it along with some of the interviews because yeah. there's interviews in the oh, show notes. Of course. I highly recommend that everyone watch it. It offers a really amazing view into someone incredibly narcissistic putting on a full performance. Hold on a second. I'm pretty sure the behavior panel covered Diane Towns. That's where I thought you'd get it. That's <laughs> where we go. Yeah, she looks blonde as hell. Yeah, I remember she's that like, really like... She's yeah. Beige. She's beige as fuck. No, so no. yeah, so you've seen some of the interviews. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, so I was wondering. Baby's the penny. very. The penny's oh, shit, dropped. I remember that laugh. The penny's fucking dropped. Yes, here it is. I caught it with both hands. <laughs> yeah. So, um, police drove Diana and a camera crew into the desert off Old Mohawk Road and instructed her to show them exactly what took place. Mm. This footage, they explained, might help them find a witness or help catch the culprit. However, I have to wonder if they just wanted to see how she would behave during this. Oh, definitely. This. And it was sure. definitely worth the effort because watching her is fucking yeah, fascinating. Getting it on camera because watching is so this important. is like a full narcissist and she is going yeah. for it. And watching mm-hmm. her like completely She's do her thing her yeah. is fascinating because you know how fucking insane she is. And it's yeah. when you know what she's done and you're watching this performance, it's, yeah. she's it's just something exuding else. her bonkerness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's she's a word. Yeah. So Diane started by sitting in the driver's seat of the car that she was doing the reactment in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they used her actual car or got one of the same make and model for the video. I'm assuming it wasn't the actual one as it would still be stained with blood and surely it would be locked up as evidence at this point. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's not the same car, but an identical one. Yeah, be She was sitting in the driver's seat and the first thing she did was touch up her hair and makeup in the rearview mirror. <laughs> of course <obviously>. she did. <laughs> so Diane already had more red flags than a golf course and this was not helping. <laughs> she was joking around the whole time, playing up for cameras like she was the star on the set of a sitcom. So embarrassed. It's really cringy to watch this the most amazing part of all of this though is when she bangs her cast on the door of the car as she gets out of it she exclaims in pain before saying quote that hurt almost as much as end quote before oh. trailing the sentence off like a fading fact like a fading Ooh. fact so detectives that were present at the time and those who watched the footage back all came to the same eerie conclusion that she cut herself <laughs> off before she could let slip that it hurt almost as much as yeah. when she shot herself. Exactly, there's some guilty knowledge right there. The police knew that something was amiss, but they wanted to get it right. Yeah. So if they charged and arrested her mm-hmm. now, before yeah. they'd had enough evidence, she might get away with the shooting and then they would not be able to retry her under double jeopardy laws. Mm-hmm. It was worth waiting for her to make a mistake and then fucking nail her for yeah. it. Because you can just tell she's just going to absolutely unravel. Yeah. With all so fortunately for the police, Diane loved 
to talk. Mm -hmm. She loved to talk to anyone who would listen. And thanks to the waiting media, there was always an audience for her. I want to play some audio from one of her many interviews. So a few weeks after the incident, she got Mm -hmm. her hair cut and she always made sure it was nice and fluffy in that 80s way. Mm -hmm. And her makeup was done before she appeared on camera. She was happy to do interview after interview. So we have quite a bit of audio to choose from. I'm going to find some for you now. Okay. My marriage, my entrapment by society, this man was bigger than me. He was stronger than me. He had more power because he had a gun. And I stood there and I looked at Christy reaching. And the blood that just kept gushing out of her mouth. And and what do you do? The gun kept firing and firing and firing. And it, it, it made, it was monotonous. It just kept going it was like a slow motion picture when he swung around he was pointing when he swung around it hit the tips of my fingers the gun hit the tips of my fingers and that snapped me and i went wait a minute i'm not trapped by society i don't care if he is bigger if i stand here and i say yeah here take the keys i mean there's nothing i can do you win because you have the gun my kids are gonna die and I'm not going to let my kids die. And so instead of giving him the keys, I feigned throwing the keys. He did not take time to point the gun and shoot me, obviously, because he would have shot me the same way he did the kids. When he was swinging in the direction of the keys, firing the gun, he hit my arm. Everybody says, you sure were lucky. Well, I don't feel very lucky. I couldn't tie my damn shoes for about two months. It is very painful. It is still painful. The scar is going to be there forever. I'm going to remember that night for the rest of my life, whether I want to or not. I don't think I was very lucky. I think my kids were lucky. If I had been shot the way they were, we all would have died. She's smiling at all the wrong times. She shouldn't be smiling ever. Yeah. Sherry was laying on the floor. Danny is just crying real, real soft. So so that sound stays in my mind. Good. When I go to bed, I cry at night. And even now, smiling. I still cry. I dream about Cheryl. But at night, when I close my eyes, I can see Christy reaching her hand out to me while I'm driving. And the blood me. just keep coming out of her mouth. And that, maybe it'll fade too with time, but I, I don't think so. That haunts me the most. The and it's kind of creepy. Yeah. But what of Downs' fourth Isn't child? Appropriate right the, the smiling. <laughs> so I do recommend watching that as well as listening to it along with us. If yeah. you go to YouTube um, and just type in Diane Downs interviews, there's a video where it's got all her interviews in. I'll link it in the show notes. It's um, by Homable. So watching her speak is a whole other level as well mm-hmm. as she smiles yeah. at the most inappropriate times. It's throughout fun. the whole interview, it's really unsettling. So it's the kind yeah. of smile someone does when they literally can't help themselves and it yeah. just creeps onto they're just their like face. So good in, like, I've yeah, held, I've held it in for long. So then there's the actual oh, words themselves, which are a whole other fucking issue. So mm-hmm. if this was a real incident and she got shot in the arm by someone, yeah. when everyone around her sustained fatal and life-changing injuries. She should definitely count herself lucky that she was not hurt more. Yeah. But she cannot bear to let anyone else be more of a victim than she is. No. She has to be the hardest done by. She has to be suffering more than anyone else. To Diane, her three children, two of which were still in hospital, one dead and buried, were lucky. Mm-hmm. Lucky because with her bandaged arm, it hurt to tie her shoes. In not a single one of these interviews, mm-hmm. not one did she cry 
one tear. Nope. None. Nothing was shed because she So didn't. let's go back to the investigation for a bit. Okay. The police knew that the bullets were from a twenty two caliber gun and they knew Diane had one, but they couldn't find it. Yeah. However, they did find something else. Ooh. So in Diane's home they found bullets from a twenty two caliber. The shell casing, all of them unused and unfired, was sent to forensics, where they were examined by ballistics expert Jim Pex. Ooh. He found something super interesting. So despite the bullets never having been fired, they did show striation marks, which Ooh. meant that the bullets had been inside a gun and worked through the mechanism before being ejected. Oh. So they were loaded into the gun and then yeah. removed from it without being fired. Like if you practice loading a gun. Yeah, and unloading it, it would leave the marks on it. Oh, okay. Because the inside of that gun yeah. is is different from every other inside of a gun. Yeah. So once the bullet goes in and then it comes out, it's got a lot of marks and grooves on it. That it's like a fingerprint, basically. Yeah. Um, where am I up to? So the bullets had been loaded and then removed. These marks were identical to the bullets removed from the children's bodies and the car, proving that they were from the same yeah, gun. that's compelling stuff. They also noticed something interesting in Diane's home. On top of the TV, there were several photographs of Diane herself. There, were also oh. fo- uh, there was also a framed photo of Nick. Just her. Maybe it's just me, um, but I don't really no. have framed photos of myself around my house, like just me. No, we don't have like portrait shots of you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit there, There's one photo there of yeah. just me but it's during a performance i'm yeah, honest it's like a hobby yeah it's like th- that's the only photo it's in the house where i'm by myself thing. and it's like a performance photo when i was on a stage yeah. once like every other photo with me in it is with other people yeah like and there's cute pictures of like family and people i love mm-hmm. so i tend to have photos of like me with people around and so do yeah. you and so do most people yeah it's, that's normal Diane had photos of just her <laughs> I don't know why but I find that really narcissistic also especially when you've got children why especially so yeah there was no pictures least. of the kids it was just pictures of her and then one photo of this guy she's obsessed with Nick oh, bitch I bet yeah. she has no good angle oh no she's fucking ugly she is very just my I know beauty is subjective like, yeah, in my opinion she's fucking ugly she has no right to be yeah. like I looked for really ugly so things. detectives also found letters mm. and a diary in the home so the letters were kind of part of the diary. So she'd write letters as though she was writing to someone, but she wouldn't send them. It was just like she was writing her feelings to that person. Okay. That, Which is that like, you know, if you want to diary that. your feelings like that, that's that's not, I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. So both the letters and the diary were full of passionate, long-winded episodes about her love and desire for Nick and how <laughs> slighted she felt that he had abandoned her. That's so so from the looks of things... His wife wasn't too happy that he was having an affair and made him end it. Yeah, I can imagine. Something that, according to Nick himself, he was more than happy to do. He was like, yep, sure. (laughs) So while the police were busy investigating, a witness came forward who told investigators that he saw Diane's car on the night of the incident. He was actually behind the car while she was on her way to the hospital, and he refuted her story that she was driving quickly. She told police that after the attack, she drove to the hospital as fast as she could, except this witness told a completely different different story did she go to um oh did she go that. to like burger king on the way there there's a, there's a chicken place chick-fil-a maybe? she did not go to chick-fil-a so joseph inman told investigators that quote the car wasn't being driven critically end quote yeah. not only was it not being driven critically it was barely being driven at all <laughs> joseph said that he remembered the car he remembered this car because of how painfully slow it was driving oh, along okay. old mohawk road towards the hospital at somewhere yeah. between five and seven miles per hour 
oh that that's that's free. a crawl especially when you're on a lovely gravel roadway you can just go so out that room. speed is barely above a person jogging yeah exactly that's like walking so was diane waiting for her children to bleed out and oh, die yeah, before they reached the hospital and that they have little bodies it's gonna be easier for them to bleed out i guess we still couldn't fucking do it good <laughs> The two surviving children were still being taken care of outside Diane's reach. While they were in the hospital, she was allowed visits with them up until a point when the police began to suspect that she might seriously be involved. Yeah, she started getting a bit Visiting Christy... Yeah, so she's just inching closer. (laughs) Like open hands. With a pillow. (laughs) (laughs) So visiting Christy for the first time after the incident in intensive care, Diane gripped her daughter's hand and whispered, I love you. But nurses on site noticed that she said this through clenched teeth. It's very performative. She had gritted teeth while she said it. Yeah, like, that's not for real. convincing. That's An interesting, terrifying. incredibly sinister thing to note is that when she would visit Christy, who was unconscious and struggling after her stroke, her heartbeat would spike whenever Diane was in the room. Officer oh. Paul Alton actually noted the numbers. The girl had a resting heart rate of 104, but okay. when Diane came in the room, it jumped to 147. Wow. Nursing staff oh. and police noticed That's this. That's a hell of a spike. And once Christie began to regain consciousness and was able to talk, Diane had her visiting privileges revoked. Wow. Yeah. That's... That's a lot. That's very upsetting. So police assigned a child psychologist, Paul Krogdahl, to Christy mm. around the clock. They wanted to make sure that she had a good relationship with her so that she would eventually be able to confide in the events of the night to yeah. her. Definitely. So when she awoke, she slowly regained the ability to speak, although she had a speech impediment. Oh, Christy oh was moved to a secure location and only a handful of investigators working on the case knew where she was. Mm, Paula obviously wanted to know if she remembered anything and over time she confided in her that she did know who it was that shot her and her siblings but she refused to elaborate any further paula took it slowly this was obviously incredibly traumatic for the young girl paula managed to get christy to talk about her family life in general and christy revealed that diane would hit her and her siblings frequently when they eventually got to talking about the day of the shooting paula took it gently when she asked who shot her she didn't try and force her Instead, she suggested that she write it down and then they would put the piece of paper in the fireplace in the room and she could see it burn and know that her secret was safe. Yeah, okay. okay. This was a ritual that they undertook every time they met and Christy oh. would dutifully write the name of her attacker on the piece of paper yeah. and then burn it. That's probably really therapeutic for her as well. Probably. Oh. After weeks of this, she finally allowed the doctor to read it. The piece of paper said, My mom." brave so by the time it got to spring 1984 the detectives were closing in they organized another interview with diane and she agreed promising to give them extra information that she hadn't previously revealed before (laughs) like i did it (laughs) so when in the room with the detectives diane in her usual dramatic fashion explained to the officers welch and west that she had her own theories as to who committed the terrible attack that night on old mohawk road Diane said that the strange attacker must be someone that she knew or that knew her as he called her by her name it was personal she said and that she was worried that she was still in danger from this mystery man did you get my reference by the way when I said mass ninjas no that's what Jodi Arias said oh of course lol (laughs) (laughs) it was ninjas (laughs) it was dangerous for her to even be talking with them now so the detectives were lucky that she was cooperating yeah but Welch and West were not convinced Mm-hmm. refusing to let her take the easy way out they fired questions at her mm-hmm. they demanded to know why didn't she tell them this before 
This was vital information, after all. Mm. Did she recognize him? Could he be sent by one of her former lovers? Was this revenge? Mm. Why would he want to kill her children? Did she stop anywhere on the way to the hospital or go straight there? Diane answered various iterations of I don't know to all of these Mm. questions, which was proving massively irritating to the officers. However, they didn't give up. They asked Diane point blank if she'd murdered her children or tried to, specifically to have a greater chance of rekindling her relationship with Nick, the man that she was obsessed about, which is right on the fucking money. Yeah, it's Diane got pissed she shouted at the detectives telling (laughs) that she was tired of being accused and treated badly this was so hard for her because she was so injured yeah it wasn't she insulted them threatened them and left the room wow that's very telling in itself yeah so Mm. diane's next appearance on tv was interesting because she looked noticeably different this time she was pregnant again was she really pregnant yeah who did that? <laughs> who, who was responsible who you for this aside from her? Fucked that woman. Who coaxed into a pregnancy? <laughs> so this infuriated detectives watching because they knew the value she placed on the lives of her children. Mm-hmm. Rather than fighting to get them back, she just made a new one. Yeah, And further infuriating mm-hmm. is her answer to the reporter's questions about what it meant for her to be pregnant again after losing a child to murder and two more to serious injuries. Is she one of these piss-take women that's like, oh, I can make another one so it's fine? I mean, this interview is on the behavior panel, so you've seen yeah. it already. Okay, so, so it's quote. I got pregnant again because I miss Christy. I miss Danny and I miss Cheryl so much. You can't replace children, but you can replace the effect that they give you. And they give me love. They give me satisfaction. They give me stability. They give me a reason to live and a reason to be happy. And that's gone. They took it from me. But children are so easy to conceive. End quote. I have no words. She actually said no on TV no that the reason she wanted to get pregnant again and to have another child is for the love that they give to her, yeah. not the other way around. That, no one... Not the other no way around. normal parent watching that and will have been like, oh, this is so sad, this happened to her and the children, blah, blah, blah. Watching this unfold on the media, yeah, everything. Now seeing her attitude towards it would just be like, what the fuck? And no I don't think be- I've ever heard a parent talk about what they love about their kids because their kids love them so much exactly that's not normal chris watts did that yeah but he's he fucking killed his kids too he is a fellow psycho he's He's like that's not normal only only parents do that are the ones that are bonkers (laughs) my god yeah. But yeah, and as well, the way that she was like, they're so easy to conceive. Yeah. Yeah, for you. Like, how dare you just treat because them Because you're a fucking freak. So, this also, it fits in with the pictures of herself on the TV. Yes. She wants to be the one receiving all the love and she doesn't want to give it to other people. Yeah. Knowing that Christy was on their side and able to testify as a witness against her mother, mm-hmm. the police made the choice to arrest Diane Downs. Yeah. They hosted a press conference explaining to the waiting media that patience was needed to solve the case and they yes. were hungry for details. Uh-huh. Because Diane had been so desperate for media attention after the ta- after the attack, she'd already been in the papers a lot and people around the country knew who she was. Yeah. The revelation that she might have killed her children was actually shocking at the time mm. and made for the perfect mm-hmm. front page story. Yes. Coupling with the fact that she was arrested for murdering her children while newly pregnant photos of her being led into the courtrooms in handcuffs with a big round pregnant belly were salacious and they were in every newspaper the trial began on may the 10th and the media was fucking buzzing yeah did she do it was she being framed by the police because they couldn't find the real shooter or was she driven to kill by her obsession with an ex-lover 
The prosecution didn't pull any punches. Fred Hughey, the leading prosecutor, um, he interviewed witness after witness on the stand. Yeah. So he called the police officers who were on the scene that night and examined the car, the nurses who yeah. were telling about all the strange shit she oh, said about insurance and laughing nurses. about stuff. Yeah. And they went up there and were like, yep, she fucking said it. They did good. He yeah. even called an x-ray technician from the hospital, Colleen I fucking how do you say that Colleen Edbride who testified that Diane told her she was worried about being in public without her makeup on while her three kids were in the hospital that's that's all she has to think about. that's all she had to think about so the time had come for Christy herself to take the stand against her mother mm-hmm. the little girl was clearly upset and it seemed that prosecutor Fred Hughey was also having some emotional difficulty questioning the child in a room full of waiting spectators wow, yeah. he was gentle and didn't rush her he let her cry if she needed to, and he made sure that she had enough tissues. <laughs> in the run-up to the trial, obviously the prosecution works closely with the police. Mm. So he'd met Christy and her brother Danny many times, and he was incredibly fond of the children. Yeah. He began to ask her about the events of the attack. Mm-hmm. Christy said on the stand, quote, She leaned over the back and shot Danny, end quote. He asked her if she remembered getting shot and who shot her. Yeah. Christy said, yeah, my mom." End quote. When it was Diane and her team's turn to impress the jury, they told a tale about how Diane was sexually abused by her father when she was 12 years old. Oh, it's always passing the book to the other parent that isn't there. Yeah. Like, so oh, this seemed to come them. out of nowhere, okay. and this was not a story that anyone close to Diane had heard before. Yeah. There is no way to know for sure whether or not this was true, but it was no. something that many members of the media didn't believe when they printed their stories about it later. Mm. Her father has also strongly denied this ever happened. Yeah. So we have no idea if it did or not. If yeah. someone said that they were abused as a child, mm-hmm. I'm not going to come in and say no, they weren't, because I don't know. Yeah. We don't but know. she lies about fucking everything. Yeah. I got to uh, take this with a massive I, assault. Someone, but then, but, but then, but someone who goes around shooting their own kids. Yeah. There's obviously something fucking wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where did that come from? Is that something that was caused by a traumatic event in their life? Yeah. Or are they just predisposed for violence? Wait, nature versus is nature. This, I've got a bit muddled here. Is this Diane being abused when she was younger or the the daughter? So Diane is saying yeah. on the stand that she was abused by her dad when she was She 12. was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what she says. But we yeah. have no idea whether that's true or not. Oh my God, wait. Didn't Casey Anthony do that as well? Yes. She blamed her dad for everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, there's another fucking mm. one of them. So yeah. the trial only took a month and four days. This is very That's fast. Quick. That's very fast. Yeah. As some of these trials yeah. on this podcast we've covered have taken far longer. Yeah. They can it was only June the fourteenth when the jury's verdict was read to the court. It was and a unanimous guilty. Yeah. Guilty of two counts of attempted murder in the first degree, mm-hmm. assault in the first degree, and of murder. Wow. The okay. judge gave absolutely no fucks and was pretty ruthless <laughs> in his sentencing. The judge handed down a life sentence and tacked on an additional 50 years for the use of a firearm. At the sentencing hearing, he said, quote, The court hopes the defendant will never again be free. I've come as close to that as possible. End quote. I like it. I love that he kept it, you know, very short. Didn't- yeah like a directly address her in any way so there's like no direct acknowledgement of her she's just a criminal yeah so after the trial was over diane gave birth to a daughter who was named amy elizabeth she was obviously not allowed to keep amy hold on what she gave the baby a name she hated 
Yeah. Because she had a Bible name. Yeah. And she was like, I don't want I'm Diane now. But she gave it to someone else. Yep. That's really mean. She's just a bitch. What the fuck? So she was obviously not allowed to keep Amy, and the father of the child didn't want anything to do with her or Diane. This, the, so the guy oh, that got her pregnant dad, was like, yeah. fuck no, I'm staying out of this. Oh so God. since then, this little girl has been adopted and renamed Rebecca Babcock. Oh, so nice. in a Hallmark-esque turn of events, yeah. Christy and Danny were both adopted by the prosecutor Fred Hughie and his wife Aww. Joanne in 1986 so that's a really wholesome so he obviously took a lot of care of her he adopted both of them oh my god danny was never able to recover from his paralysis and has spent the rest of his life in a wheelchair but otherwise Mm. he is happy and healthy yay in 1987 diane escaped from jail what she what (laughs) why didn't any of the inmates jump her so don't support her this story out. is just as dramatic as what got her in there in the first place get her back in. she scaled an 18 foot fence topped with barbed wire did she get injured she i don't know so she, she managed to be on the run for 10 whole days before she was caught oh, again she was no. relocated to another facility no. further away from where christy and danny live in the event that if she escaped again she'd be further from her surrounding so she was first considered for parole in 2008 and was denied what? lane county <laughs> district attorney douglas Harkle Road wrote to the parole board saying quote Downs continues to fail to demonstrate any honest insight into her criminal behaviour even after her after her convictions she continues Mm. to fabricate new versions of events under which crimes have occurred she alternately refers to her assailants as bushy haired strangers two men wearing (laughs) ski masks or drug dealers and corrupt law enforcement officials yeah. end quote so yeah when you said Love ninjas it. I was like oh, I'm gonna get to that in a minute she was denied again in 2010 and then mm. again in 2020 as well so oh, nice. she's not getting nice out recent yeah she is like fuck no stay in there mm-hmm. so Christy has always had a speech impediment after her stroke but is now married and she's got children of her own hell yeah she has a son and a daughter and her daughter was named Cheryl after her sister oh that is yeah yeah so becky diane's youngest daughter who started out life as amy elizabeth actually tried writing to diane while she was in prison (gasps) becky did an interview on oprah about her experience writing to her mother and it's a bit of a ride so the letter started out fairly normally diane was excited that becky'd written to her and claims that she always knew she would because narcissist yeah however the letters began to get more erratic From diane diane or... yeah okay. so diane refused to tell becky who her father was and eventually began to ramble about bizarre conspiracy theories <laughs> okay <laughs> becky said quote her letters started to be conspiracy theories she believed that she was being kept in prison to be kept safe i asked her to stop writing at one point this was after she told me people had been watching me my whole life and were trying to kill me and at that point she then accused me of being the one trying to kill her end quote so she's gaslighting from prison yes that is disgusting yeah so becky now does not feel any need to contact her birth mother anymore (laughs) she's happy and content with her family and she said that there is not room in her life for someone like diane good that's where her story is at the moment that's where it's kind of ended so she's mm. fucking in prison forever yeah it's where she should be yeah it took a lot longer for the penny to drop than i thought it would yeah i thought as soon as i said her married wrong. name you'd be like oh i fucking know who this <laughs> is but it, that didn't happen and i'm really no surprised idea. yeah no nope. but yeah i hope you enjoyed my telling of that horrible story i did um i hope you despise diane downs as much as i do yes um, i, I do really like hope me. you watch the videos of the interviews with her because 
watching her in the police reenactment, you yeah. can see her soaking up the attention like a cat sat on a windowsill in a sunbeam. Yeah, she it's... got quite goody, giddy on the, the footage I saw before. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and then the footage weird. of, like, just the interviews where she's talking to the interviewer, <laughs> you can literally see, yeah. it's kind of like the Grinch. Like, yeah. you can see her trying not to smile, but it just creeps on anyway, and it's so disturbing. Yeah, it's like and the it's... most she does with her face is just refraining to smile. There's no yeah. other effort for anything. Yeah, there. and it's... She doesn't even pretend it's to be absolutely... Sad fascinating to watch it though it is in like a horrible way mm-hmm. um but yeah i hope you have a gorgeous day whatever you're doing yeah have a lovely day have a lovely day um i hope that you never meet anyone like diane downs i hope that none of us do yes um i can go with that yeah um don't open your car door to imaginary strangers and don't shoot your kids yeah don't do that that's kind of it we will hate you if you do um we'll talk about you on the podcast if you do (laughs) and not in a nice way no we won't um yeah if you have enjoyed our telling of this horrible event please leave us five stars because we love five stars because it's nice of you um and yeah, send us some more case recommendations. Let yeah, us know who you want us to insult next. <laughs> um, yes. I'll upload some photos to go along with this on the Instagram, mm-hmm. which is at Creeps and Crime Storytime, so that you can have a look at photos from the case yeah. as you're listening mm-hmm. um, or once you've listened. Um, and yeah, do feel free to send case recommendations our way because I love knowing what you want us to talk about. Yeah, it's always um, interesting to see people's like go-to case. Yeah, I love knowing That's what nice. people like to research themselves. I'm mm-hmm. really into that. Um, I've already started work on the next case. Yeah. So we're going to get to that soon. Can and you give us a hint? Nope. No? Nope, no hint. Solved or unsolved? Solved. Damn it, I just gave you a hint. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> the culprit, male or female? Uh, Male. American? No. Ooh. And that's it. That's what I'm going to say. British. So I'm not saying anything else. Scottish. So I'm not saying anything else. So that's it. Um, thanks for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs>